Welcome to the podcast of Jessup First United Methodist Church, featuring our pastor, Rebecca Duke-Barton. My one and only. So many songs have utilized this phrase to express devoted love. This week we see that this tradition goes back all the way to the poets of the psalm tradition. This is a love psalm of trust in the Holy One and Only who is the rock and refuge in the midst of life that sometimes feels as fleeting as breath. We put our trust in the one who indeed is holding our lives. Our psalm for the day is entitled To the Leader, according to Jeduthun, a psalm of David, number 62. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation my fortress. I shall never be shaken. How long will you assail a person? Will you batter your victim, all of you, as you would a leaning wall, a tottering fence? Their only plan is to bring down a person of prominence. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Selah. For God alone my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor, my mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no confidence in extortion and set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. And steadfast love belongs to you, O Lord, for you repay to all according to their work. The word Selah appears twice in this psalm, probably giving directions for a musical rest or a quiet moment. We need a Selah moment in our lives as well. Let us center our hearts. We will hear the handbells and then have some silence. Feel free to close your eyes if you like. Imagine yourself held in safety and love and care. And when you hear the handbells again, open your eyes. the day is Psalm 62 and it gives us assurance that God is truly holding our life. God alone is our rock and our salvation. Psalm 62 encourages us to pour out our hearts before him because we know we can trust him. As we read through the Psalms, one of the things that I want us to see is how they invite us to be genuine with God about our feelings, about what we're going through. 
However, the series that we're using from Worship Design Studio doesn't contain a full lament. And I feel like we really need one if we're going to get the picture of how the Psalms teach us to pray. We need the Psalms that show us that we can cry out to God. So I decided, why not both? This is a two for the price of one deal. In our worship time, we focused on Psalm 62, God is our rock and our salvation. But for the sermon, I want us to turn our attention to Psalm 13. I'm going to be sticking pretty close to the psalm today, so you might want to keep a copy in front of you as we follow along, and I'll be reading from the New International Version today. Now, it's actually Psalm 62 that made me think of Psalm 13. Psalm 62 asks the question, how long? Psalm 13 asks that question over and over, how long? It seems especially fitting as last year's long year turned the page, but we didn't just return to everything being smooth and perfect and wonderful. And see, we want to ask the same question. How long, O Lord? Will you listen as we read Psalm 13 from the New International Version? For the director of music, a Psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's sermon is for all of those who have ever asked the question, how long? How long will I be quarantined? That just seems to go on forever, doesn't it? How long will I suffer from this disease? How long will I be fighting with my neighbor? How long will I be alone? How long, O oh Lord? Sometimes I hear Christian people say that you should never question God. If you're questioning, they say, you have lost faith. But I don't think that's what the Bible teaches at all. I think the Bible shows us that we can be honest with God. Jesus quoted the Psalms all the time. Even from the cross, he prayed Psalm 22 and asked, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If Jesus can pray the Psalms in his worst moment, surely that is an invitation for us too. In fact, the Bible is full of people who questioned and complained in faith. About a third of the Psalms are lament Psalms, as we've read today. So that's about 50 Psalms crying out to God. The book of Lamentations is full of laments and questions. If you've ever read past chapter 2 in the book of Job, you know he spends chapter after chapter crying out to God, Why me, Lord? I'm innocent. I followed you. Why have you taken everything from me? Job's friends try to get him to hush. Don't talk to God that way. But in the book of Job, when God does appear, he tells Job's friends that Job was right to ask. He lost his family and his livelihood and his health, and God says, tell me, I want to hear your pain. The Psalms teach us to tell God our pain. They don't pretend that we don't feel things. 
Instead, they help us express those things in a way that we can truly give them to God and find comfort. And that's the real point, after all. We don't lament so we can increase our laments. We lament because we trust in God to be our rock and our fortress to bring us assurance in the midst of trouble. This is Hebrew poetry, and anyone who studied poetry in high school knows that certain kinds of poetry have a form. If you're going to write a haiku poem, you've got 17 syllables and three lines to work with. I remember Miss Collins at Richmond Hill High School teaching us about iambic pentameter in Shakespeare. Now, for some of us, that was longer ago than for others of us, but the point is we learned the structure of poetry. Well, laments in the book of Psalms are a kind of poetry. They don't rhyme, but they follow the same basic format. And I think that matters because lamenting in faith is not just mindless wailing. This is a prayer to the God of the universe, the one who formed us and shaped us. And following the structure shows that the psalmist expects the prayer to be heard because God is listening. So almost every individual lament begins with a short, quick address to God. That's very real, isn't it? In a crisis, we don't feel up to a big flowery prayer. You don't call 911 and talk about the weather. You call 911 because it's a crisis and you need help now. The address to God is our 911 call. We need to get to the point. How long, O oh Lord? Short though it may be, the address reminds us of something important about lamenting. How long, O oh Lord? is a faith-filled question because we aren't walking away from God. In those words, we are clinging to God. And sometimes that's all we can do. Listen, I know so many people who have been through a traumatic experience and they say, I, I feel like God abandoned me. When I counsel people in crisis, I always say, pray the Psalms. The Psalms are full of heartache but they can also bring comfort and hope because they remind us that God is there listening and loving us. I've had several times in my life when I needed to pray lament psalms. There was the time when my parents were coming to the twins' second birthday party. We lived in Wigham then, outside of Cairo. They called to say they were in Camilla, an hour away. But a few minutes later, we had another call on my mom's phone, and this time there was a stranger on the other end. Some guy had been driving the wrong way on the, the wrong side of the road, and they hit my parents head on, and so other people had stopped to help and called us. Garth and I got to Camilla to the hospital, but they hadn't been taken to that hospital. They'd been taken on to the larger hospital in Albany, and so we drove to Albany. And it was a long, long night. You've got some memories like those, don't you? Maybe it's where you are right now. It has been a hard year for so many reasons. How long, O oh Lord? Once we have that initial cry out to God, lament psalms usually move on to the complaint, explaining to God what the problem is. In Psalm 13, the problem comes in a rapid-fire series of questions. Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? That's a painful description of how we feel far off from God. It feels like God has forgotten that God is hiding. 
the brokenness in our relationship with God leads to troubles in the world, pain and sorrow and enemies that prevail. Verse 2 in the New Revised Standard reads, How long must I bear pain in my soul? The New International reads, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Either way, we know the feeling. Pain in your soul, wrestling with your thoughts, sorrow in your heart. When you've got trouble, it is hard to focus on anything else. And that's why we need to pray the Psalms, because we need to go to God and say, Lord, this is where I am and this is how I'm feeling. Lord, help me. Because, remember, even as we lament, we are people of faith. I want to be clear on that. Asking the questions doesn't mean that you don't have faith. Grieving doesn't mean that you don't have faith. We lament, but we lament as people of faith. We have hope in the one who created us and loves us with a steadfast love. So we lay out our problems for God and ask for help. Sometimes in lament psalms, this, the petition is specific, such as a prayer for healing. In Psalm 13, it's asking that God listen and respond. Verse 3 says, Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes. Notice this time when the psalm uses God's name. It isn't quite so sharp and abrupt as the beginning cry of, How long, O Lord? Already, just the act of praying is helping bring comfort. To know that God is listening brings us so much peace. In verse 3, it's, O Lord my God. My God, that phrase tells a story. They have a relationship. This isn't addressed to the unfeeling universe. It's addressed to my God. God always calls us back to that relationship with him. So the petition is to look, answer, enlighten. Remember earlier in the psalm when we felt like God was hiding his face? But now the request is, look on me again. Sometimes our prayers of lament change the way things are, but so often, as in this psalm, the prayer is for a calm mind and soul. We ask for light for my eyes. We need to see things differently. The truth of the matter is that so often, that is what we need. Sometimes God changes the situation, but sometimes what we need from God is the grace to get through it, to know that God is there and we are not alone. Now, almost every lament psalm follows the petition by reasons that God should act, a motivation for God, if you will. So this psalm says, I'm going to die if you don't act. I will sleep the sleep of death. My enemies are going to cheer because they have won. A lot of times the lament motivations are like this. Who's going to praise you if I'm gone? But the basic point is this. By acting, God will receive the glory and the praise. We just celebrated the birthday of Martin Luther King Jr. And I had one of his famous speeches in mind as I thought about this psalm. He picked up the question of Psalm 13 because he and our, honestly our whole nation were going through such a tough time. And so he asked the question, how long? He recognized that people were asking the question. The movement for equality felt so long. 
But as a follower of Jesus, Martin Luther King Jr. trusted that God was at work making things better for his people. So let me just read you a bit of his speech. How long, King asked. Not long, because no lie can live forever. How long? Not long, because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. How long? Not long, because mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You see, he picked up that language of lament, but he showed that he trusted that God was at work. God heard the cries of his people, and he's working all things together for good. Now remember, the Psalms are teaching us how to take our anger and our sorrow and our pain and let God replace it with comfort and joy and peace. Lament Psalms are good at laying it all out. There is nothing hidden from God. But after the pain, something happens. Our hearts begin to heal. Lamenting doesn't mean complaining endlessly. It means we tell God how we feel and we leave it with him. Weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It doesn't mean that the weeping was wrong. It just means that God doesn't leave us there. God's unfailing love comes through. Look at verse 5. But I trusted in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord. Notice here that the psalm says, I trusted. Not that I'm just now getting around to trust, but even through the lament, even through all those expressions of sorrow, I trust God. We realize that God never did turn away. God didn't forget because God's love is unfailing, steadfast, never gives up. A lament psalm ends with praise because the process of lamenting has brought comfort. To know that God has heard our cries and loves us through it. What an incredible gift. We see God all throughout this psalm, in the pain and in the praise. From the beginning, how long, O Lord, to get God's attention. And then to verse 3, O Lord, my God, asking for a restored relationship. And now here at the end is God's name again. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. From beginning to end, God is good and he is good to us. Maybe that's been your experience too. I told you about my parents' wreck. When my parents were released from the hospital, they couldn't make the drive home. But my dad has an uncle who lives in Albany, so I took them to Uncle Art's house. They insisted I go back and have my two-year-old birthday party. Thankfully, my sister-in-law and my BFF Cheryl showed up with balloons and cake. And really, what more do you need for a party? So I went home and then the next day I came back to Albany. But my parents had moved past the lament moment. They were still laid up. They had several months of recovery to come from the wreck. But their hearts had turned to praise. Think of all the ways God protected us, they said. The cars weren't going that fast because the roads were wet. A bunch of cars had just turned off to go a different direction so that there weren't people right behind us. Their injuries could have been worse. Good thing, they said, we were taken to the hospital in Albany because Uncle Art had a guest room. 
The whole drive from Albany to Macon, we talked about how good God is because God had let us cry out to him in our long night and we trusted in his unfailing love. We made it through and God was there in the pain and in the praise. Jesus calls us to be his followers, to leave behind our nets and follow him. But he didn't just say the happy parts of you can follow. When somebody came to him with sickness, he listened. He healed and forgave and brought peace. We see in Jesus exactly what we've seen in the Psalms. Jesus meets us where we are and loves us with an unfailing love. He listens to our cries and our sorrows and he brings comfort and peace. So that brings us back to our other song for today, Psalm 62. I love the fact that the book of Psalms is a mix of laments and prayers of thanksgiving, of hallelujahs right beside tears of sorrow. And I think it's a Psalm like 62 that allows us to pray a Psalm like 13. So 62.8 says, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. This affirms what we've been saying. Pouring out our hearts before God is an act of trust and faith. We cry out to God because we know he's good, because he is our refuge, because he gives us that peace. We don't have to make everything seem rosy and perfect when we go to God. This is not your Instagram life. This is your prayer life. And it's because we do trust in him that we can pray a prayer of lament. It's because he invites us to pour out our hearts before him that we know he's listening. He's the one we go to when times are tough. He's the one we seek. As Psalm 62 says, He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. Will you pray with me? Oh Lord, these are tough times we live in. We ask how long. But even as we ask, we trust in your goodness and your unfailing love. We think about the way that Jesus healed and forgave and brought peace. And we know that that is your heart speaking to us. Bring light to our eyes that we might see you and bring us your comfort and peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the podcast of Jessup First United Methodist Church with Rebecca Duke Barton. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website. It's jessupfumc.org. That's J-E-S-U-P-F-U-M-C dot org.